Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Welcome to another edition of the Fantasy Magnet Podcast here on the Fantasy Impact Today Network. As always, my good buddy, J.B. Barry, is joining me today. How you doing today, Mr. J.B.? Doing good, Wes. The magnets are back once again. Stuck yeah, the, on you. Got I, this feeling down deep in my heart that I just can't lose. Yes, I'm on my way. That's our magnet theme song. <laughs> I, I, I almost had a different one. I almost had a different one. Um, and and I may break that out here for you in a in a week or two as Uh-oh. I perfect it. Okay. Yes. Yes. Looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm working on some things. But anyway, yes, you can find uh, JB over on Twitter at Fantasy Coach JB. You can find me Wes Easley on Twitter as well at Loafing It on Twitter. And JB, we talked about it before we got on this podcast together that there has not been any official signing by Le'Veon Bell yet. Earlier today it was uh, I guess it was, I guess it was speculated that he had narrowed it down to three different teams: the Miami Dolphins, the Kansas City Chiefs, and also who was the third team? The Bills, the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills. I'm surprised that the Buccaneers aren't mentioned in there at all. I, I really thought that that'd be a pretty good fit for him. But then yeah. I also saw a report where uh, all three of those teams play the Jets at least once in the next three weeks. So Yep, the next three games are Dolphins, Bills, Chiefs. So maybe I wonder if that was how he made his decision, saying, <laughs> hmm, let me face the Jets before Gase gets fired so I can rub it in. <laughs> yes, and not only that, but if you think about if you think about it, all three of those teams have the possibility, maybe a little bit slimmer in Miami than anywhere else, but all three teams have the possibility of facing Pittsburgh at some point this year. I didn't check those schedule, but at least in the playoffs. So yeah. I, they're, they're, he may be on the revenge tour. Yeah, he definitely might be. I know he wants to get Gage back, and of course he's had that bad blood in Pittsburgh. So I could definitely see that happening, that's for sure. I could too. I think the best fit for him will probably be Kansas City. If he really apples, if you know, if it's apples to apples, has a best shot at winning a Lombardi Trophy, all those things. I think it could be with Kansas City, especially if you look at how they've utilized their running backs over the past years. So I'm looking at a, a Twitter post right now, and it it's some non-verified guy who took a picture with Lev Bell. And he's in Miami and said, just ran into Le'Veon Bell here in Miami. He told me he's going to be in orange and teal soon. And then there was another picture of him from a little bit further away saying he's been talking on the phone for like 30 minutes. And then an update saying that he left in a black SUV. So I don't know how true this is. It might have been because he does work out in Miami. He does train in Miami Mm -hmm. in the offseason. So this could be an old picture that this kid's just trying to get Twitter follows. But Take that as you may. There was also another one that he and and Pat Mahomes followed each other on Twitter yesterday. So, I mean, we're all kind of sitting at the edge of our seats because it doesn't just impact the people who have Le'Veon Bell on their fantasy teams. It's impacting all the other running backs as well. You know, the Clyde Edwards-Solaires, the Miles Gaskins. So, you know, Singletary Moss, it's going to have an effect on a lot of different people. So everybody's just waiting on the edge of their seat to see what happens. They will definitely, it will definitely be some fantasy ripples as it goes. And I was thinking about that as well, about how he, uh, I, th- I think he, I think he stays down in Miami and I think he hung out in Miami for a long time that year, whenever he had off and didn't play football at all. Guess what? I have an outside shot here that maybe he just doesn't sign with anybody. How about that? Just he might not sign with anybody. He's been known to take a year off before. Why not take a couple of months off as well? 
So what, hey, if that happens, at least he's got a rap career ahead of him, right? <laughs> as much as you have a singing career ahead of you, JB. I mean. <laughs> Hey, let's get into these week number six matchups real quick. Let's just go ahead and start with a game that was, I, I don't know if this was postponed. I don't know if this was the game postponed. I don't know if this, I, I, I'm so football calendar mixed up right now. I, I'm not sure I know what day of the week it is anymore. I'm not sure of anything because we had football on Tuesday night. Now we don't have football on Thursday night. My calendar is really off, but we have for sure, I say for sure, in the year 2020, as for sure as I can be, the Broncos going up against the Patriots. And of course, Broncos had a little bit of trouble this week with Melvin Gordon, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Melvin Gordon with the DUI. Uh, Nobody knows if they're going to discipline him or not. Of course, the league has to wait before they do anything until the legal process and i think he gets arraigned in about a month sometime in the like the second or third week of november was when his arraignment is so normally what happens is the team follows suit it does what the league does um so i don't know that they're gonna go ahead and discipline him separately from what the league may do this uh according to the collective bargaining agreement would carry a two or three game suspension for a DUI, um, but some people are saying that it might not happen until next year. If you got to wait for the legal process, then he appeals. So they might not have any fantasy implications on us for this year. But people are picking up that Philip Lindsay and and or happy that they stashed Philip Lindsay just in case. Sure, and and I think Royce Freeman. If something did come down the line, I don't think it's a little bit too early to grab Royce Freeman and stash him on a bench unless you're in a really deep league. But I, I think he's the guy to own if you look at their shares last year. Royce Freeman seemed to be the grounder and pounder, and Philip Lindsay was not. I'm not going to say exclusively the receiving back there in that system, but definitely Royce Freeman will be able to find a spot in that offense that really this week, if I think about it. Going against the New England Patriots, and I know the New England Patriots may not be completely healthy coming off the COVID stuff that that happened with them last week, but I'm repelled by a lot of people in this uh, Denver offense, maybe outside of Melvin Gordon, and that's that's about it. Yeah, I mean, I might even be repelled by Gordon. I mean, obviously I'm going to play him, but I don't know how this offense is going to look. Noah Fant may or may not be back. Uh, He was practicing limited this week. So I know he was trying to get back. Um, Drew Locke, I believe, is also back this week. So it might take a week or two for them to get back on the same page. Drew Locke is practicing fully, so he should be back this week. It might take him a week or so to get back on the same page. And coming back against the New England defense is a tough task as it is. So, yeah, I mean, I'm repelled by the Denver offense this week. But moving forward, I am attracted to a lot of those assets, just not this week. Yeah, and it is bye week, and so there are some fill-ins. You could do worse than Tim Patrick just because they're really looking for him. There's a lot of volume there. Uh, Also, Jerry Judy is maybe good for a home run play every once in a while if you're a bye week uh, necessity, I guess, if you really need somebody right there. As far as the New England Patriots, it looks like Cam Newton's going to be back under the center for them, and Damian Harris has taken over the running back position. Now, you and I have talked about this in the past, when it's out the goal line, it's Cam Newton's ball. And it's not going to be Damian Harris's ball. It's not going to be really Rex Burkhead's ball. Cam is calling his own number, and he's rushing it in. But Damian Harris looked like the guy to get it in between the 20s the last time they played. 
Yeah, and, and he was, and I don't know how much of that continues. Obviously, with the Bill Belichick backfield, we never know. You know, they love Rex Burkhead. The James White's really not going to go away. I mean, he is he has a specific role. It, it did, though, look like it was Harris taking over the backfield. But like you said, any of these backs, it's hard to trust because, A, you don't know which one it's going to be. And, B, when it gets down to the goal line, it, it's going to be Cam Newton calling his own number. It's It's... It's a backfield that I am repelled by, even though there are guys there that can produce for you. Yeah, and I'm repelled by really everybody other than Cam Newton in that offense, JB. I just I can't trust uh, Julian Edelman anymore. None of the other receivers, when Cam Newton was throwing them the ball, really stepped up to become like his favorite wide receiver there. Yeah, uh, Demir Bird looks to be a guy that was kind of starting to step up a little bit. Nikhil Harry's the guy with the hype. But you never know which one it's going to be. So I'm going to keep an eye on him. If you're in a league with deeper benches, obviously you probably have Harry. If you can grab Bird and stash him and see if he and Newton start developing some sort of connection. I mean, Julian Edelman's a guy who you drafted. You're holding on to. You're you're putting him in your lineup probably as your wide receiver three or a flex if you have to. But, you know, these these older wide receivers, Wes, we're starting to see these older Mm -hmm. wide receivers, over 30 wide receivers starting to uh, really fizzle out this year, aren't we? Yeah, there's a lot of those guys that that that's happening to. And Randall Cobb is one of those guys, and he's in our next game here with the Houston Texans traveling to the Tennessee Titans. The Houston Texans did come alive after they made a coaching change last week. Deshaun Watson performed pretty well, and I'm not scared to use him against the Titans. It's a really strange game because the Titans played on Tuesday night, so it's a very, very short week for them. And uh, I guess it's typical, maybe from a a Sunday to a Thursday game. Maybe it's about the same amount of time, but just their their clocks have got to be off biologically. Yeah, it's it's really weird. And, and you know, the Titans didn't even know if they were going to play this week, ended up getting the game in on Tuesday, and they blew the socks off of Buffalo, which nobody saw coming, even with two of their wide receivers out on COVID. And, and it was just, it was really weird, but they looked awesome. They looked really good. Jonu Smith looked good. And, of course, A.J. Brown coming back looked good. So, I mean, this this offense is attractive. I mean, Ryan Tannehill looked phenomenal, but I still don't know if I could trust Ryan Tannehill because he is going to turn and, and put the ball in Derrick Henry's gut many times during a game. Um, as much as he has a connection with Brown and with Smith, the other, you know, Adam Humphreys or Khalif Raymond or Corey Davis, they, they don't really wow me. So, I mean, are you attracted to Tannehill or are you repelled by him? No, 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 no. Listen, I'm sticking to Tannehill. Uh, it seems like he's maybe an every other week kind of a guy. You know what I mean? Uh, I think the week before they had the COVID issues, he only had like 16 fantasy points or something. And then, of course, the week before that, he had 30-something. And then this week, he, past week, he had close to 30 again. So uh, it seems like he might be one of those guys who rides the roller coaster a little bit. But I'm not scared to start Tannehill in any game, especially against that Houston Texans defense, who, yes, last week they had a little shot in the arm. But I don't know if they can repeat that performance again, especially on the road. So I am sticking with a little Tannehill, a little Derrick Henry, a little A.J. Brown, who looked fantastic coming back uh, after having suffered that injury that he had with his shoulder, I think it was, or maybe his knee. I can't I can't remember. There's so many injuries nowadays, J.V. And then <laughs> Jonu Smith, of course, is somebody you can play as well. I think it's safe to say that you can start all four of those guys. And this is one of those DFS games where you can stack them up and run them back with the other side as well. Yeah, and I would caution everybody to be careful with the John Smith hype. I know 
um, our boy Coop, friend of the show, does his his uh, in depth tight end analysis, and his numbers always show that Jonu Smith is a blocking tight end. And even coming into the season, he was a blocking tight end. Coop was way off on Jonu Smith. I, I don't know that we'll see this trend continue with him catching touchdown passes. It might be a good time if you can get good value for him to sell high on him, which is what I did yesterday in one of my leagues. So keep that in mind as well. That's your – and now, see, I don't have that thought. Of course – I'll say this. I, I picked him up like week two. He was still out there on our waivers for some reason. A lot of lot of different tight end things, and we're not really tight end happy league that, that I'm in in one of my uh, leagues that I'm in. But I picked up John U. Smith, and I traded him that very that very week. I don't even know that he – I think he started one game for me. <laughs> but that's what I do with tight ends. I do that with tight ends and quarterbacks. I grab them, and then I trade them. I grab them, and then I trade them. Um, and tight ends especially just always get hurt on my side. Hey, do you think – which is there a, a betting line in Vegas for which Houston Texans defensive back is going to get Josh Norman by Derrick Henry? <laughs> that was awesome, wasn't it? Oh, my oh, God. Man. He got ragdolled. The way he threw him, and I saw a gif that was somebody posted on Twitter that it was like uh, in Fresh Prince when, when Uncle Phil always throws <laughs> jazz out the door. Yeah. And it was a picture of Norman just flying out the front of the house, uh, in front of the Uncle Phil's house. It was really funny. <laughs> no, and and I'll tell you, going forward, not only is that going to scare any defensive back from trying to tackle Derrick Henry already, I'm sure they have their reservations of trying to hit that man, but now they don't want to end up as a as a gif or a poster or a meme or anything. <laughs> so it's gonna, they're going to have some more reservations about trying to tackle him, which just means more open field for Derrick Henry. But like I said, the Houston Texans, I'm attracted to them as well i think brandon cooks could again maybe this is all a spark maybe this was all a ploy to uh, get their head coach out of there last week and now since o'brien is gone now they're just going to go ahead and run and they're going to play a lot better I, I i love will fuller i love cooks and i sure like deshaun watson as well i'm just not sure about the tight end situation i know if there's a, a healthy tight end there and your guy, he might be somebody you're looking at. Yeah, if Jordan Aikens is healthy and he's been he's he's rested for a couple of weeks now, so I think he does come back healthy this week. And he's a, definitely a sneaky tight end play for people that aren't, you know, that are a little bit struggling at the position. I would definitely grab Jordan Aikens if he's still out there. I know I'm starting him in a couple leagues this week if he plays between buys and injuries. The wide receivers scare me there because you never know who it's going to be. I mean, you look at what Cooks did last week, coming off of a zero, went out and put up a monster game last week. So, I mean, it, it that's what you get from Cooks. Like, that's what Brandon Cooks has always been. It's a boomer bust guy and you know, Will Fuller can go down at any minute. Randall Cobb out of the slot, you never know. So as much as I am, like you, attracted to Watson, and I think that Watson is reinvigorated now after getting rid of Bill O'Brien, I, I think that those wide receivers are scary to trust there. So I don't know that, you know, if I'm playing DFS, I don't know who I would pair Watson with. But, you know, where's your, where do you lean on that wide receiver core? I don't want to be a week behind on this. Okay, and I'm just going off of what Deshaun Watson has done in the past. And trust me when I say if if we're smart enough to know that Will Fuller can go down at any time, I don't think Deshaun Watson himself necessarily trusts Will Fuller being there every moment of every play. So he's going to be looking for that DeAndre Hopkins guy. And we both know that he really focused in on somebody. I'm, I'm wondering if that's not going to be Brandon Cooks. 
I think there's been two weeks so far this year out of six, and and keep in mind things have been a mess there in Houston, where he's just been peppered. Cooks has just been peppered with targets. And I just wonder if now isn't that time where it's going to continue to happen. The only thing is that Cooks is nowhere near a DeAndre Hopkins type of football player. So that's the one reservation that I do have. Yeah, you're right. And I think Cooks is the guy that Watson wants to rely on. And if you're somebody who has Cooks on your team and you're going to be putting him in your wide receiver three or in your flex spot, be prepared for those bust weeks just as quick as you'll get those boom weeks. He's a guy who you're probably going to have to put in your lineup if you want him there. And, and you're trusting in, like you said, Wes, and Watson and Cooks having that connection. But just be prepared to be let down every once in a while because that's what we get out of Cooks. Boy, you are really repelled. I'll tell you what. See, I'm I'm the fountain of like good news and good cheer. It's getting around <laughs> Christmas time, and here you are just you know throwing shade on these people. I think is what what the young kids call. No, it right I now. think you're right, Wes. I think he definitely has a good upside. But for every three games that he's gonna do well for you, there's gonna be that fourth game that he's gonna you know blah, and then you're gonna yeah. be stuck for that week. So I'm just saying, be prepared for it. But I do like him as well. I'm with you on that. Uh, and Pierre said earlier this week on the DFS Dreamers that Cooks always performs better indoors than he does outside. So maybe that's something to pay attention to going forward. Here's a dandy of a game. A dandy of a game this week. The Cleveland Browns heading to Pittsburgh and facing those Pittsburgh uh, Steelers this week. The Browns are 4-1. and The Steelers are 4-0. and Boy, what a juicy little matchup this one is, JB. Let's yeah. concentrate. Let's concentrate on the Cleveland Browns to start with, because Baker Mayfield, he's running around back there. You know what I mean? Like, there's no pocket time for him. He 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 gets out of that pocket fast, and then all of a sudden he's trying to create a play. He's trying to make a play, and that probably hurts Jarvis Landry, who is a seems to be a very good route runner and is going to be at the right place at the right time. But with Baker Mayfield not standing in that pocket, he he creates different places and different times that receivers need to be in. And I think that's why I am repelled by Jarvis Landry, not only this week, but going forward as well. Yeah, you, you, you're on to something there. And Landry has always been a guy who's been a PPR safe guy. You know, he's going to get his targets. He's going to pick up those those points, just grabbing receptions. But even this week, especially with Baker banged up, Baker was limited in practice. I think he was dealing with some sort of rib injury. Landry's been banged up. So you're right. It's it's hard to trust him. And, and in a week where there's bye weeks and and guys that are still injured on the wide receiver position, you might have to go with Landry, and that's okay. But I think you're right. I think I am more repelled by him now than I was to start the season, that's for sure. Austin Hooper has started getting some more looks, some more targets, right as the same time that Njoku came back. So I don't know if that's going to be sustainable for Austin Hooper right now. And I'll tell you who, who had a little spark to his step last week is Rashard Higgins. And he became, became, to me, like a little X factor. I think he had one touchdown catch last week. Not a lot of targets or anything. But, you know, they, they always have, teams always have that guy who ends up catching those touchdown passes, like a la Alan, Alan Hearns years ago with Jacksonville or somebody like that. And I wonder if Rashard Higgins isn't going to end up being that guy with the distractions of Odell and Jarvis Landry out there and Kareem Hunt. So I'm watching, I'm keeping my eye on Rashard Higgins. Yeah, he definitely could be. And because, you know, I'm not a big fan of the tight ends there and in, in Hooper and Njoku, I think Higgins could be that third target, could be that third guy. I mean, obviously, Hunt is still somebody who catches passes out of the backfield, so he could be that, really, the third guy. 
But you're right. Higgins is a sneaky guy to keep an eye on. If you have room on your team and, and he's still out there, definitely scoop him up. I don't think for DFS I'm really attracted to any of these players. I would I would probably be able to squeeze Odell in a lineup or two just in case because I got to start some of these Pittsburgh players in a in a DFS lineup. I'm attracted to some of these guys just simply because of what they did last week. But I think like you and I talk about with a lot of teams, these wide receivers for Pittsburgh it seems like they take turns each each week and week in and week out, and I'm never quite sure who I can be completely attracted to on a Sunday DFS slate. Yeah, and obviously Chase Claypool was the guy last week who went off four touchdowns. Everybody's been talking about him all week, so obviously he's he's the hot name right now. So everyone's going to be wanting to get him in their lineups, and anyone who ran to the waiver wire and unloaded the fab budget on him this week is going to put him in there. I still think Deontay Johnson's the guy, and Deontay Johnson has been banged up a lot. I mean, he's had he's had some injuries he's been dealing with, and I think part of Claypool's breakout last week was because Deontay Johnson went out right in the very beginning of the game. Juju's been a disappointment, and, and I don't know that he won't continue to be a disappointment, but I'm still high on Deontay Johnson. I still think they want him to be the guy. It's going to be interesting to see what Ben Roethlisberger does now with Claypool emerging and having Johnson back and having Juju in this slot it's going to be interesting to see how Ben spreads the ball around. But Ben's look good. He's proved me wrong. I didn't think, and, and I think you and I were on the same page coming into the season, we didn't know what we were going to get out of Ben coming off the injury and being old. So, I mean, th- he's been impressive, and I, and I will say that he's definitely proven me wrong so far. Yeah, and one of the teams that I'm looking at from a from a defensive standpoint are the Cleveland Browns. Because they are going to be able to put a little bit of heat on Ben Roethlisberger. They have a very good pass rush. The the defense has been pretty good this year. I'm very curious as to how this game goes. My eyes, my eyes will be very attracted to this game. I'm I'm repelled against Eric Ebron. He has not shown anything this year that I'm very convinced of that he will be able to provide for me week in and week out consistent fantasy points. And James Conner. He does a solid job, JB, but like in DFS slates, he always seems to be priced a little bit more than I like. Yeah, he's one of those guys that you get what you get and you don't get upset, right? You know, like you know what you're going to get out of him. You're going to get the steady number from him, but he's never going to blow up for you. And and you're right, his price, there's always guys in DFS priced around him that I'd rather have in my lineup. So I never find myself really going there. I hope this game's going to be, and I'm, I'm a Tampa Bay Bucks fan because I fell in love with that defense in the 90s. I'm a, I'm a fan of hard-nosed defensive football, and I'm hoping this game could be that. Because obviously we all know the Steelers have a great defense. They're a hard-nosed defense. But like you said, Cleveland's defense has been great as well. And obviously we know Miles Garrett up front, but they have all the guys. Olivier Vernon's been awesome off the other side too. So I'm hoping this is a, a really hard-nosed football game that'll be interesting to watch. Maybe not as much fantasy production as we'd like out of our players that we have on these teams, but it should be a really good football game. Yeah. And I even heard that Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh said something about Baker Mayfield's ribs this weekend that they oh, want to, oh, they, oh. they want to make sure that he remembers that he has bad ribs. So oh God, <laughs> yeah, there's, some, there's some of that going on too. a great rivalry. Good, good for football. Good for football. Hey, next game here. We're still in the early slate. I didn't tell everybody to make sure that they followed the show, JB. Fantasy Impact Today uh, show over on Twitter, at FI Today with the little underscore. And that's where we have all of our different names and all of our different Twitter handles. And you can follow everybody who's on this Fantasy Impact Today network and within this fit crew that we have here. 
on our podcast. All right, JB, Baltimore Ravens at the Philadelphia Eagles. Crazy little game. And I say that because whenever I look at the Eagles record of being 1-3-1, and one, right? And and this goes into the next game that I'm going to do is the Washington football team against the New York Giants. And, and don't don't hold this against me, okay? There's going to be some really smart people out there that tell me I'm I don't know what I'm talking about. And you're right, my football calculator I don't always know the right buttons to push. But the Giants almost beat the Dallas Cowboys last week, right? Yep. And that would that would have pushed the Giants to one and four. The Eagles lost against last week. They lost against the Steelers, right? And that pushed them to one and three. If the Giants would have won, the Eagles would have still been in first place in that division at one, three, and one. And now the first place team in the division is dealing with the backup quarterback. So this division as a whole is just a mess, and it's really anyone's for the taking, including the 0-5 Giants. Do you realize here, and, and we're looking at NFL.com, and we look go through their schedule, and we talk about these games. JB, look at this. The Eagles, 1-3-1. and the Washington football team, 1-4. Giants, 0-5. Falcons, 0-5. Vikings, 1-4. Lions, 1-3. Jaguars, 1-4. Bengals, 1-3-1. That's a lot of losing right here in the middle of all this. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's a lot of losing football teams because we just talked about a 4-1 and team against a 4-0 and team. We had the 4-0 and Titans in the game before that. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, these, these teams... If you look at the Eagles, football team, Giants, Falcons, Vikings, they're all one or zero win teams. But for our purposes on a fantasy football show, there's still guys out there that we can use. And and from the Eagles side of the ball, I mean, Travis Fulgham was the other big popular waiver wire pickup this week. Do you believe in that? I don't know that I'm sticking to a Fulgham. I, I don't know that I am. I can't say that I'm not because he is somebody who you got to take another shot at. But I think for DFS purposes, I might be repelled against that just a little bit because we are talking about the Baltimore Ravens defense. Somebody who else I am very repelled against, though, is Zach Ertz right now. I think that he is not able to get open. He doesn't have the mobility that he had before. Something is just not clicking there. It may be a back issue. It may be whatever it is. And it may just be that the defenses are able to put more men around him that he can do anything with. Yeah, I think that is the case. I think they've been focusing, defenses have been focusing on stopping Ertz as their game plan when they played Philly. But I think maybe the emergence of Travis Fulgham might help open that up a little bit for Ertz. And look, Travis Fulgham is is no, you know, T.O. He's not a guy who's going to come in and just take the world by storm. I did hear one of the beat reporters from Philly, though, say that the Eagles are going to commit to this guy as their ex-receiver, even when Alshon Jeffrey comes back and and Deshaun Jackson comes back. I don't know how true that is because, you know, A, we don't know how healthy those two will be when they come back. But they're saying that maybe they're saying it to, to keep this guy hyped up and to keep him motivated. But they're saying they're committing to this guy, so clearly they like what they've seen, too. So, I mean, 6'3", 215 pounds. Guys look good for the past two weeks. So, as for now, I'm going to stick with him because there's not many people, not many options in this offense that you can stick with. And Wentz has to throw the ball to somebody. 
Yeah, he does, but I'm not very confident. I'm not sticking with Wentz if I, if I can avoid it. And these are our bye weeks, so you might have to stick with Wentz this week. And Miles Sanders is not getting a lot of production either. I know he had a good rush last week, but I think he had 10 carries for six yards the rest of the game. He had that one long 77-yard run, I believe it was, and then there was nothing else after that. So I, I'm, I'm not – Miles Sanders was overpriced and overpaid this year from a fantasy standpoint. I hope he pays off for people later on. But right now, this offense, I'm just kind of repelled by everybody. Yeah, and I was very high on Miles Sanders coming into this season. I still am. I think he's a really good running back. You know, granted, the the after that 74-yard touchdown, you're right. He did kind of get shut down for the most of the game. He had pr- very little production after that, but it was the Steelers. It's the Steelers' run mm-hmm. defense that has shut down pretty much everybody. So, I mean, you got to take that into account also. Baltimore is also not an easy matchup, but I think it gets better from here for anybody who has Miles Sanders on their team. I think he's still a guy who you ha- you're going to start this week. You'll get your moderate production from him, and then he'll. I think he'll continue to take off after this week. Well, when they get more weapons back, too, that may open things up a little bit more for him. So Miles Sanders might possibly be a buy-low candidate as well as any of these Philadelphia Eagles, as far as I'm concerned. On the other side of things, the Baltimore Ravens. Look, Lamar Jackson is not that impressive of a quarterback, if you ask me. I don't know. There's a lot of talk in Baltimore and coming out of Baltimore right now that seems to be wanting to make him into more of a pocket quarterback. I, I don't I don't understand this. Maybe it's just something that they want to work on and try and continue to develop him. But he had about a 50% completion rate last week, and that that's just not that great. And he really goes after two players, Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews, and that seems to be about it. There's not a lot of running backs that are getting catches out of the backfield. This is a very dangerous offense, but it's also dangerous from a fantasy perspective because I just don't trust them all, JB. You're right. You're right. Now, I was big on Hollywood Brown coming into this season, and I just traded him in, in one of the leagues I'm in right before the show started because I'm starting to lose faith in him because of what you said. They're trying to make Lamar pass the ball more, and I think they're getting cute, Wes. I think that the other teams in the league studied the film on him from last year, saw he was a mobile quarterback, saw all the things that he was doing running the football, and now Baltimore's coaching staff is going, well, haha, let's see if we can trick them and have him be this passer. But that's not who he is. And everybody knows he's going to one of those two guys. I mean, they're not going to worry about Miles Boykin or, or uh, Willie Sneed, you know. So uh, they're going to put their best corner on Hollywood Brown. And Hollywood Brown has not impressed me as a route runner, as a pass catcher. You know, he'll get open. He'll score that touchdown like he did last week. But He's not consistent enough, and and Jackson passing the ball is not consistent enough. So obviously I'm going to stick with Lamar Jackson. Obviously if you drafted him, you spent a premium on him. But I would hope that they sort of revert to a little bit more of the athleticism that they used last year versus the pocket passer, because that's really not who he is. Right, and the and and look, as a Mitch Trubisky guy, you can't make him into it that either. Maybe maybe over time he can develop into that, but definitely not overnight. I don't yeah, think I hope they can... don't make him into Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> no, well, he has a little more talent than that. But uh, as far as running backs go, I think it's still the same play. We 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 don't trust them all completely, but definitely during bye weeks, I think you could start Mark Ingram. I think you could start Gus Edwards if you're in a bye week situation where you really need that extra running back. Those those are the two I would go for. If J.K. Dobbins is out there, 
I'm not sure that I can trust him yet because there's just not a lot of volume there for him. I'm also sticking with a Mark Andrews. I'm sticking with a Marquise Brown. But other than that, everybody else I just I just repelled against. Yeah, and I'm a little higher on Dobbins than you are, but I'm also a little bit lower on Edwards than you are. I know you love your Gus the Bus. I just think that, you know, they drafted Dobbins where they drafted him for him to be involved. So although I don't think that he'll completely take the job, obviously they're going to keep Ingram involved. I think it's going to eventually be a one-two Ingram-Dobbins punch. Maybe he's just not ready yet. So uh, I am a little higher on Dobbins. Yeah, but I'm just talking about like for this week. If you're, you need a bye week fill in, I think I would trust uh, Gus Edwards, I, but I I wouldn't trust him for much, if anything. I'm, I don't even think he even sniffs the end zone anymore. It's just, I don't know. At least with Dobbins, you could see an explosive play. Maybe you're right that you could put him back there and he might be able to break off a 50-yard touchdown run or something like that because I just don't see Gus Edwards doing that. And that doesn't seem like it's in his repertoire. Well, I guess my, my hope in, in the league that I'm half – I'm forced to start Dobbins this week is that they're going to be up on Philly. They're mm-hmm. going to be playing from ahead and they're going to let Ingram rest a little bit and say, ah, let's see what we got from the kid. So that maybe that's my wishful thinking. <laughs> yeah, you have a little biased in you. I, I'm unbiased. I don't have any shares of it because I stayed away from this backfield completely and wholly. Although I will say this, somebody dropped Mark Ingram that I'm in a, in a league that I'm in and I'm going, Hmm, Hmm, you know, because Mark Ingram does get a touchdown at least every other week. It seems like. Yeah, and he's involved. He's 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 the guy they trust the most, so I would pick him up for sure. Yeah, I think they think I'm going to pick him up, and that's why they dropped him, so that I will drop somebody that they want. I'm not going <laughs> to fall for these little games, these little tricks. Just let me tell you out there, I'm not falling for this these little stunts that, that you're trying to play on me. Hey, JB, let me remind everybody that they are listening to the Fantasy Magnet Podcast here on the Fantasy Impact Today Network, and you are listening to JB Barry at Fantasy Coach JB on Twitter, and me, Wes Easley. You can find me on Twitter at loafing it make sure you follow the show as well at fi today with a little underscore then i'm going to ask you fit fam to continue to do a great job of telling everybody about the fantasy magnet you're doing a fantastic job with that and we really applaud you i don't know can we applaud can you they're doing they're doing a good job with this jb and they're making sure everybody knows they can head over to anchor fm and whatever listening platform they like to listen to the show on they can find it right there on anchor fm whether it's itunes google play or spotify there's a bunch of other ones that are listed there as well and you can just subscribe to the show that way if you happen to be on the itunes app make sure you slap the stars leave a review if you're on spotify or whatever i'm not sure what they do i, I have no idea nobody ever says what they do as far as leaving reviews and stuff and i'll just be honest with you the listening platform that i have on my s4 Trust me when I say I cannot slap anything other than my phone around a couple of times after it freezes up on me. That's all I can slap. <laughs> well, I got it. Yeah, you, I, I got to thank everybody because, you know, a lot of my friends have been reaching out to me, messaging me on Twitter, Facebook, and just letting me know that they enjoy the show and they look forward to listening it to listening to it on Friday drive home from work. So really appreciate you guys listening, sharing it on your Facebook page, a couple of friends and family people. Uh, you know, just share my posts and, and share it with their friends. So we really appreciate that. And glad you guys are enjoying the show. My guy for the Washington football team, not Alex Smith. We were all very happy to see Alex Smith back out there. Great recovery. Can't wait to see Dak. And I know his injury wasn't nearly as severe as Alex Smith was, but it just reminded me of that on the day Alex Smith comes back and plays football. Dak suffers a huge injury like that. 
my guy Kyle Allen was out there, and I kept seeing updates for the Washington football team. Next thing you know, Kyle Allen's rushing, running it in from seven yards out. And I'm going, okay, see there where the, the, the cook is cooking right now over in Washington. I still don't know, though, if I trust anybody on this Washington football team that I'd be sticking with. A lot of people are sticking with McLaurin, regardless of his matchup, uh, uh, the person matching up against him for the Giants and your guy, Bradbury. Yeah, I love the way Bradbury's been playing, and I've been trying to repel from anybody who Bradbury would be shadowing. Here's the thing. I don't know that Bradbury will shadow McLaurin this week. He very well may, but what they like to do on the Giants' side is match up Bradbury and shadow against bigger-bodied receivers, which McLaurin's not. So they may or may not shadow McLaurin with Bradbury. I mean, he's a guy that even if Bradbury's on him, you have to stick with him, hope that he gets his, you know, six, seven receptions for you, maybe gets into the end zone. Because really, I mean, Dontrell Inman, you know, there's not many other options for your boy Kyle Allen to throw to. So, I mean, he's going to throw, he's going to throw short intermediate routes, which McLaurin does run and and it's going to be Gibson out of the backfield. It's no Logan Thomas. I mean, I'm awful Logan Thomas. So. Oh. So you got to stick with McLaurin. Yeah, and I I know that these are going through the bye week, so I try to look at these little bye week fill-in players that you have and that you can pick up. And J.D. McKissick is one of those guys who's getting a lot of targets out of the backfield. And I, I'm not going to say he surpassed Gibson, but they're always playing from behind, and I think right now they trust McKissick back there a little bit more to pick, pick up those pass rushes and, and to get out of the backfield for a dump-off play. So I'm I'm not shying away from McKissick at all. I might be more repelled against Gibson because, frankly, he just hasn't done anything the last couple of weeks that wowed me. Well, you're right, and I think that they are trying to hand the keys over to Gibson, but he was a little banged up this week. He was limited to a couple of practices with a toe injury. And you're right, McKissick has been great out of the backfield as a pass catcher, and we know Kyle Allen likes to throw to his running backs out of the backfield, so it increases McKissick's value. I just told somebody to start McKissick this week. He gave me a list of of dumpster dives that he needed to flex because you're right. People are in bi-week situations, injury situations. So somebody commented on my Rasball post and asked me, you know, out of this group of five guys that, you know, nobody really likes, who should I start? And it was McKissick. And for that reason, because he, he catching balls out of the backfield, he'll get seven or eight targets a game or, you know, six, five, six catches a game out of the backfield. And with the toe injury to Gibson, he might get a couple extra rushes this week, too. So you're right. He could be a sneaky bye week fill-in for us this week. I like him there. You know, somebody else, too, you need need a defense. Go ahead and get Washington's football team as far as defense because the New York Giants just have not been impressive offensively. But, JB, before we talk about those Giants and who we may be attracted to, I suddenly got attracted to this Washington football team a little bit more. I know you pull up, uh, what do you you pull up, fantasy focus? What do you, what, what, PFF? Yep. Yeah, you pull, do you have all their linemen? Do you have the Washington football team's offensive linemen before you? Defensive linemen? No, offensive. Offensive, offensive linemen. linemen? Yeah. yeah. Look at the two guards. Look at the two guards. Do you Schweitzer? West Schweitzer? And and what about the left guard? West Martin. Hey, hey, look at those Wesses. Hey, there are plenty of Wesses to go around. I didn't know that there was that many Wesses. All of a sudden, I feel like I'm adopting this Washington football team. There's <laughs> W's going crazy. The, the W for the Washington, the West Martin, the West Schmeicher, and, and then Wes is, uh, hey, hey, this may hey. be a W week for them since I've noticed that. 
now you just need to grow a big beard out like Morgan Moses, the right tackle. <laughs> whenever I try to grow a beard, and we're coming up on No Shave November, by the way, but whenever I grow a beard, people call me Patches. Okay, it just it just doesn't come in quite. And I but I could grow one of those and I try to connect it whenever I grow a beard. But, man, I'm like connecting my sideburns all the way with my handlebar mustache going up around. I mean, nice. It's crazy looking. Oh, no, I've, I've, I've got some smooth as but uh, a baby's bottom parts right on my face. It's really weird how your face does that, you know? <laughs> Yep, yep. That's why I can never do it for a while. I can never grow a big beard because there's always a patch on like the left side of my chin that just won't fill in. No, and that, that's it's very strange how your face does that. I, I I remember as a kid, I used to scrub at that part on my face just because I wanted to see like, okay, maybe I just need to get some of the air follicles to have to be freed <laughs> up or something. And it, just nothing ever worked. Nothing ever worked. <laughs> well, I I love that you mentioned that you were you were called patches because. Speaking of patches, it's a perfect segue into what the Giants did when they lost Saquon Barkley and patched it up with Devonta Freeman, who really looks like he's drunk from the fountain of youth. Numbers don't look spectacular, but if you've watched him run the ball, I really like the way he's been running. Have you seen him run the football? No, I, 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 I'm sorry. I, I have not seen Devontae Freeman run a football. I'm sorry that I remember the way Devontae Freeman ran a football, and I don't think that it's changed all that much. If anything, it's gotten a little bit worse. And if I remember what Devontae Freeman does, he just runs straight into the line of scrimmage and hopes there's a hole, and that's about it. So I'm, 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 I've probably seen it before. He's had 34 touches in two weeks, and he's looked pretty sharp. Two weeks, he, he's been catching passes out of the backfield also, Look, he's fresh. He he didn't yes. have the first couple of games, so he's fresher than a lot of the other running backs. I've really liked what I've seen out of him, and, and he's a guy that I might start sticking with now, especially with the bye weeks coming. He could be that perfect bye week patch for us to stick with. I think you could stick with Devontae Freeman for sure. He's definitely proven his worth nowadays, but somebody who has not, Daniel Jones. I think two touchdowns he was responsible for that very first week and zero since then. We're in week number six right now. Week number six right now. Daniel Jones cannot find the end zone. He does not even sniffing it. Yes, he's finding a little bit of a connection with Darius Slayton, but Golden Tate, nowhere to be found. Evan Ingram, yeah, he got a couple of fantasy points last week for us, but that was lucky. What did he get? He ran the ball in. Evan Ingram ran the ball in and had one called back on some kind of fake field goal. Look, this is this offense is just a disaster right now. I have Evan Ingram on one team, and so maybe I am a little influenced by this. Maybe my rant is going off a little bit more in this direction because he should be doing so much better than what he is. They've turned him into this five-yard guy and turn around and try to catch it. And Evan Ingram is one of those guys who in years past have gotten open down the field, and I have no idea why they're not utilizing him like that anymore. Yeah, and I do think they go back to it, and I do think that it starts to get better for Ingram. Um, they haven't utilized him well. You're absolutely right, and I think that they're realizing that, and they need to do something to get Daniel Jones going. You're, you're, I mean, the guy hasn't thrown a touchdown pass in four games, like you said. He's just he's a guy who's been a big fantasy disappointment is, is basically droppable in one quarterback leagues. He was a guy who, you know, a lot of people had high hopes for coming into this year as kind of that back end QB one, high end QB two type of guy. And he's really disappointed. So they got to find some ways to get him going. And it might be utilizing Evan Ingram better. Cause I think that he's going to be the guy who needs to get going to get Jones going. 
Yeah, and he was a squeaky wheel this week. He was a squeaky wheel. And I, I what's what's the offensive coordinator's name? I, I always keep his name out of my head because I just don't want to know who he is. Um, the old head shit. coach for the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, 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 Jason Garrett. Jason Garrett. Now, look, Jason Garrett knows how to use tight ends as well because Witten had plenty of success there. I don't know why he just doesn't drop the same kind of plays for Jason Witten or for Evan Ingram that he had for Jason Witten. I just don't get it. It's not. It's this is. It's really perplexed me what the New York Giants have done this year. Yeah, we've been trying to figure out Jason Garrett for years. Nobody knows what he does yeah. or why he does it. So I think he's working. <laughs> I think he's working secretly for the Dallas Cowboys, and he just infiltrated the New York Giant football team. Is what it was. All right, so the Atlanta Falcons. Now, this has a little COVID scare about it. This next game has a little bit of COVID scare about it. Uh, but the Falcons, who are 0-5, are facing the Vikings, who are a much better team, it seems like, than their 1-4 record. But it is what it is. And right now, the Falcons have got a little COVID scare in the house. So they're not actually they, – they closed down everything. I'm not sure. I'm sure we'll know something by Saturday at the very latest of whether or not this game was going to be able to play. But this looked like one of those – uh, line them up and run them back kind of a game to me from a DFS standpoint, JB. Yeah, so as far as the COVID goes, the last update I heard was that it was a coach uh, or a couple of coaches and and that it was precautionary that they shut down and that they were actually um, told that they could come back this afternoon, being Thursday afternoon, but they decided to just work virtually and come back and they might reopen the facility as early as tomorrow. Yeah. So it looks like this game will be on track to play. Hopefully there's no other hiccups. So uh, you're right. It's going to be a great one from a fantasy perspective. DFS, it's probably going to be the most popular game. So it's, you know, if you want to play cast game lineups, this is the game to line them up and stack them up and run them back, like you said. Um, but for our season long, I mean, this is all of our fantasy assets, our, our mm-hmm. wide receivers on both sides of the ball. Don't know if Julio Jones is coming back yet. It looks like he's working to come back, but they might hold him out. I, mean, I think it's smart. They're 0-5. I think it's smart to let him sit one more week. Don't chance re-injuring it. You know, it's not like you're you're aspiring to make the playoffs at 0-5. But I am interested to see Matt Ryan now that the head coach and the GM were fired. Dan Quinn is gone. They've been waiting for him to go, it seems like, for a little while now. Um, You know, conspiracy theorists could say that Dirk Cutter was calling plays very... Look, they're the slowest team as far as offensive possession goes this year. Running the ball, running the ball, running the ball. And I think Dan Quinn might have been orchestrating. I, I think Dirk Cutter might have been orchestrating to get Dan Quinn fired, thinking that maybe he'd get the head coaching job. But it went to Raheem Morris instead, which I was happy about. So I am interested to see what Matt Ryan does now without the head coach there and see if this might spark the Atlanta Falcons kind of like it did to Houston. What do you think? OK, I don't know that it will or not. And and this is why it just seems like this this you know it's, it goes beyond the coach it goes to the players as well and it seems like something's been stuck in their head ever since New England defeated them in the Super Bowl that they just cannot win those close games anymore that they were going to lose a big lead they really did have a huge lead uh, in many of these games this season and I don't think that it's the coach's fault that they ended up losing those games I think that this is just a mental thing I don't I don't know what to do this is what I think is going to end up happening and I'm going to make a bold statement right now and people are going to not like it because they really love the guy. He's a class act. Been a, he's a Hall of Fame player, one of the best players that we probably have ever seen in our lifetimes. I think Julio Jones has maybe played his last game as an Atlanta Falcon. I might be be proven wrong here in three days. I don't know. But I just think that he's played his last game. 
there's something strange about the injury that's going on. And yes, I do think he's injured. I think that there's a little hamstring thing going on, but maybe there's some backroom talks about trading him. And then if they don't end up trading him, maybe there's even some discussions about letting him go so he can go get a Super Bowl ring. I, I don't know, but it just doesn't seem right there in Atlanta. And like you said, JB, an own five record going on the road to play against the Minnesota Vikings at home, who, by the way, have got a very prolific passing offense. And the Atlanta Falcons' defense does not stop the pass very well. The Falcons could be looking at an 0-6 record after this week. And I'm not sure who the rest of their schedule is. I'm going to look that up real quick just so I can see. But uh, I just can't see them taking a chance on jeopardizing, like you said, Julio Jones, not only today, but maybe for the rest of his career. Yeah, I mean, that's that's something to think about, really. I mean, because... They're not going anywhere this year. They're they're not aspiring to. I mean, obviously everyone aspires to make the playoffs, but I don't think they realistically can see themselves as a playoff team. So, I mean, you're making a good point. I, I don't know that a face of a franchise type of player that he is that they would trade him because that might be bad optics on the organization. But you might be onto something. I mean, I, I hear I'm picking up what you're putting down over there. Yeah, and and you know I I always put those weird things out there like I don't mind I don't make making bold predictions because if they come if they're wrong very rarely do people remember them anyway but <laughs> if they're right I can flaunt them in everybody's faces uh, they they play Detroit and then they play Carolina again who just dismantled them uh, last week they only ended up losing by seven but it wasn't even that close I don't believe and then they then they play Denver Denver may be their first victory but man it gets really tough after that New Orleans twice Las Vegas once the Chargers Tampa Bay Kansas City and Tampa Bay to finish out the year JB that's a terrible schedule yeah yeah it's gonna be a a rougher end to the season than a start to the season. And they're 0-5, so it's hard to have a rougher <laughs> a rougher end than start. But, yeah, I mean, th- I wouldn't be surprised to see this team win no more than three games this year. I wouldn't be surprised at all. When I was doing some uh, before-the-season work, and I looked at the age of Matt Ryan and Julio Jones, and I said, wow, that window is closing very fast if it isn't already closed to be able to get them a Super Bowl together. It's just, I don't think it's in the cards. It's definitely not in the cards this year. And I could see them starting to really have to think about rebuilding for the future. As far as this week goes, I think you can probably, probably because the, we're, you know, their, their opponents aren't that tough. So I think you can start Matt Ryan with some confidence. I will stick with Matt Ryan. If Julio Jones does suit up, I'm going to stick with Julio Jones probably because he's going to come back. If he comes back, he's going to be fully healthy when he does come back. He's not coming back partially healthy for an 0-5 team. I think you start Calvin Ridley. Other than that, I'm not sure who else I'm really confident in other than Todd Gurley. What about you, JB? Yeah, I'm also going to stick with Gurley. I am repelled by Hayden Hurst, and I'm done with Hayden Hurst. I wasn't really on him to begin with this season, but I've seen all I needed to see to be repelled from him. And I've been more attracted to Russell Gage as that third option from the passing game instead of Hurst. So especially if Julio doesn't play, I'm still attracted to Gage. Um, I think that this Falcons offense against this Minnesota defense, look, if any time they're going to break out, it's going to be now, right? Like anybody sure. who, who has Matt Ryan on their team is is waiting for this matchup, hoping this is what's going to get him going. This is what's going to turn it around. And I think it'll happen on both sides of the ball. You know, we talked about the other game possibly being a ground and pound slugfest. This could be an offensive fireworks game with a shootout from both sides of the ball. So I'm kind of hoping that happens. So I'm going to stick with my options in the Atlanta offense. 
I don't blame you at all. And on the other side, like you're talking about with the Minnesota Vikings, I'm I'm not shying away from starting the Minnesota Viking defense either, by the way, just because Matt Ryan has a tendency to turn the ball over every now and then. But uh, Minnesota Vikings, I am am confident. I'm sticking with a Kirk Cousins this week. I am sticking with an Adam Thielen. If I compare him up in a DFS lineup, I am sticking with a Justin Jefferson. And I think we got to go with a Matson as well, don't we? Uh, I think we have to. I mean, with the value that you got from him, look, he's a guy, he's he's the one handcuff that, or one of the few handcuffs that comes right in and with Dalvin Cook out, he plays the Dalvin Cook role and he plays it well. You know, he's a guy who who's a great understudy, Alexander Madison, right? Comes right mm-hmm. in, takes the role and goes with it. So Thielen has the best matchup. I think he has a phenomenal matchup on the outside. So he's a guy who is going to be a key in my DFS lineups. I'll pay up for him. But, I mean, it, he's obviously starting in your season long. And, yeah, if you've cuffed Cook with Madison, or even if you're not the person who has Cook, but you ha- had somebody else's cuff by keeping Madison, I'm going to put him in my lineup this week for sure, especially with all these running backs, solid running backs on a bye this week. Definitely. And I'm, let me say this. There's, there's, a, there's a sleeper. There's two sleepers here, I think, for the Minnesota Vikings this week. One if you're running out of space and you need a cheaper running back option or maybe your flex spot and you're just really in love with the rest of your lineup, I'm not, I'm not going to say he's going to get you a touchdown, but Mike Boone, whenever he gets an opportunity to play, really shines. And he's that third string running back, so he's going to be bounced up to the second string running back this week. And, you know, Madison doesn't always have an opportunity to play, so we might be looking at a little bit of, especially if this is a high-scoring game, maybe maybe Madison's not ready to handle the full workload, so Mike Boone gets a couple of touches. And and look, maybe maybe he runs out of gas somewhere near the 20, and Mike Boone starts taking it over and running it in after that. Uh, I, I could just see Mike Boone being a sneaky little $4,000 option on DraftKings this week. And also... Wait, can I, I guess you, your other one? Oh, I know. Well, no, because you're very confident. And if you guess it, then that means you already know what it is. Yeah, <laughs> Kyle Rudolph, right? No, Irv. <laughs> yeah, it is Irv. Uh, Irv Smith. But I'm not, a, I'm not opposed uh, repelled against Kyle Rudolph either. So one of these, two, one of these tight ends are going to catch a touchdown this week, period. I only start Kyle Rudolph in December, so I do like the usage that I saw out of Irv Smith last week. He was a guy coming into draft season that had high hopes that you thought was going to take that step up and, and become one of those you know reliable tight ends towards the lower end, and we started to see it last week. So hopefully he builds off of that. I don't know that I'm confident enough to put him in my lineups yet, but if I have to, He's a guy that, you know, if you're short at tight end, I'm starting him over Dan Arnold. I'm starting him over Logan Thomas, you know, so I'd put him in there in that case. I would agree with you. Next game, JB, next game, one in three Lions versus the one in four Jacks. <laughs> Does anybody <laughs> win any more in the NFL? Uh, let's, let's talk about who we are definitely confident in, who we are sticking with on the Detroit Lions, which I think is going to end up being a Stafford, a Galladay, uh, or Galladay. Is it, you say Galladay or is it Galladay? Galladay, Galladay. Galladay. Yeah, and and even a Marvin Jones maybe this week. Marvin Jones is one that I was just talking to somebody about this the other day. Like, he almost disappeared. And this is one of those, you know, aging wide receivers that, you know, over 30 and is starting to fade out of the league. It's almost like we're seeing a changing of the guard with all these good young receivers coming in and all these, you know, 30 and over wide receivers fizzling out. But Marvin Jones is that guy. He's always been that guy. You know, he'll he'll be a guy who will 
get you three catches, three catches, four catches, then just go off for like seven for 135 and two, you know? So it, it, you're right. This could be the week against that Jacksonville secondary. Okay. But if it's not the week, then we don't ever have to worry about them again. Okay. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> but with the Jags, now here, here's, this is a really tricky game for me because if DJ Shark does not play, the last time he didn't play, that Jacksonville offense looked terrible, terrible. And if it looks terrible and if he doesn't play, then I think Adrian Peterson might be able to get a touchdown, might be able to get two touchdowns. I think Galladay is going to be able to get one for sure. And then, uh, of course, Hawkinson. I think this could be an offensive blowout for Detroit if DJ Shark doesn't play. If he does play, then that's going to lessen all those chances up a little bit more for the Detroit Lions. If, if, if he doesn't play, I don't think I'm going to start one Jacksonville Jaguar either. Yeah, and the Lions are coming off a bye, too, so they're rested, and, and I think Hawkinson's a guy, I'm glad you mentioned him, he's a guy who I'd be looking to target in trades right now, I think he's he's a guy that's for the rest of the year is going to be a tight end one, and you know maybe even by the end of the year be in that second tier, on, right underneath that Kelsey Kittle tier, so I would target Hawkinson, I think he's going to be good, but yeah, on the Jacksonville side of the ball, I like LaVisca Chenault, because I like that he's an explosive playmaker, and I like James Robinson for the same reason. But in this game, you're right. If, if Detroit goes out to a big lead, I don't trust that Minshew is going to be able to get this Jaguar offense going enough to make these guys relevant. Obviously, you're starting Robinson if you have him in your season-long team. But if Shark doesn't, if Chark doesn't go, then you know Lavisca is a guy who you can start in your season-long teams. But there's nobody else. I'm not. I don't trust Minshew. I'm not starting Minshew even in my superflex league this week. Yeah, and that's just that's one lesson we learned from watching this team throughout this season is you can't trust that team if DJ Shark isn't available and active. All right, next game, Cincinnati Bengals versus the Indianapolis Colts. Definitely going to start the Indianapolis Colts defense this week. I don't like the Cincinnati Bengal offense all that much. I think the film is starting to get out a little bit more on Joe Burrow. We're going to have to see if he can zig now that the other teams are starting to zag against his strengths. So we'll be able to look at that. Joe Mixon, like we said last week, didn't have a good week last week. He came off that huge week two weeks ago. I can't see him having a good week against this Indianapolis Colt defense either. Are you repelled or are you sticking to Joe Mixon? I'm repelled by Mixon this week against his Colts defense. We know I like this Colts defense, especially that front. The Colts front is very stout, and I don't think Mixon will be able to find success. It's going to mean Burrow's going to have to throw the ball more, and you know the the Colts secondary has looked a lot better. Xavier Rhodes looks like he's he's kind of had a little resurgence after being awful last year. Maybe he just needed that change of scenery. He's looked good, and Rockyson on the other side has started to look good. So, uh, I mean, A.J. Green is a guy that I'm completely repelled by. I hope they just trade him because I, I really think that I want him out of the way so that it doesn't hamper T. Higgins' growth because I do like T. Higgins, and obviously Boyd is a guy who you could trust in a PPR but other than those two guys, I'm going to start Boyd, and I might start Higgins if I have to, but there's nobody else on this team I'm going to start. No, I can, under- I can understand that. And I, I predict A.J. Green will be the next veteran that is released. Okay, <laughs> that's, that's my feeling because they're going to get upset that he's just not playing anymore and he finds his way to the sidelines and end up sitting down. A.J. Green's looking to get off that team. He's been looking to get off that team, what it seems like, for a little while now. And, and I think A.J. Green may be that next veteran player that is released, and who knows where he'll end up. I hope, I hope the, all these players keep getting – you know, we, we hear the rumors, New England, first first. First team kind of out of everybody's mouth is New England Patriots. Look at guys. Cam Newton's back there at quarterback. 
that affects every fantasy player from that point forward because Cam Newton will take over that game, and that's what he's doing this year. So I hope A.J. Green does get released. It'd be a great uh, story to be able to see him find somebody else. And if that does happen, or if he does get traded, that opens up the door for the Auden Tates of the world and the John Ross the thirds of the world again. Okay, in this offense, because they will have to have a third wide receiver. And I know you got Boyd. I know you got Higgins and they may be the trustworthy guys. But those two other fellas, they can step in whenever that chance is made available. And they have done good jobs in the past. JB, I'm planting my flag on Jonathan Taylor this week. I don't like that Cincinnati offense against this Indianapolis Colts defense. The Indianapolis Colts need a win. They need a win pretty bad. Philip Rivers has shown that he might not be the guy to be able to get them wins. I think they pound the rock time and time and time again with Jonathan Taylor and tell Philip Rivers, hey, buddy, it's third and eight, and we're still going to run the football. <laughs> yeah, and I just picked up and stashed Jacoby Brissett in a deep, deep, deep league. It might have even been our Hunger Bowl league that I picked him up and stashed him because, I mean, Philip Rivers looks done. He looks like he's toast. I, I think his career is over after this year. Maybe he'll hold a clipboard for another couple of years to pay for all those kids. But he's toast. He's done as a quarterback. And you're absolutely right. I completely, right before this show started, I completed a trade in the sideline squib league. And I severely overpaid for Jonathan Taylor because I think that he's going to go off, not just this week against Cincinnati, but the rest of the season. I mean, after this game, he's got Detroit and Baltimore. But then he's got Tennessee, Green Bay, Tennessee, Houston, Las Vegas, Houston. Yum, yum, yum. Give me all the Jonathan Taylor I can get. He's going to go off this week. I'm going to look like a genius for severely overpaying for him. And I'm just going to ride this dude to the playoffs. I think he's really going to start his breakout this week. Okay, we're both in agreement on Jonathan Taylor. That means everybody should run far away from Jonathan Taylor. Bro. <laughs> now, I'm glad to see we're sticking to some people that we didn't talk about even before the show. All right, next game. My Chicago Bears. My Four and one Chicago Bears, by the way. And I don't know if Tom Brady is able to add up the fours if you hold up the fingers uh, against the Carolina Panthers. Really a tough matchup on the road for the Chicago Bears this week. I don't know that you can start. Uh, very many Chicago Bears. I don't. I'm not confident from a fantasy perspective in Nick Foles. I am confident this week. I am attracted to David Montgomery, Allen Robinson. Jimmy Graham is somebody they're really looking for in the end zone. But man, if he doesn't get in the end zone, uh, you you didn't play. You didn't make a smart move in starting Jimmy Graham. That's about it for me as far as the Bears. Besides their defense, who I'm attracted to this week. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Those are the three guys. It's going to be Montgomery, it's going to be Robinson, and it's going to be Graham. And against the Carolina defense, all three of them have good matchups. The, the Panthers aren't great at stopping the run, so I think Montgomery could have a 100-yard game. And Allen Robinson's a guy who's peppered with targets. He's you know going to get his 10 targets from Nick Foles. And then Jimmy Graham's going to be that guy who he looks for in the end zone, in the red zone to get into the end zone. So those are the three fantasy aspects I'll be playing there. And, and I'm not going to go with Darnell Mooney or, or, or Miller this week. Nope. No, I, I can't say I blame you. As far as the Carolina Panthers go, I think it, a lot of it has to do with DJ. Uh, I'm not, let me just skip that. As far as the Carolina Panthers go offensively, they are going up against that pretty tough Bears defense, okay? I'm not scared to play the Carolina Panthers defense one bit this week, but 
as far as a, a DFS goes or a fantasy perspective goes. But I am a little hesitant, even though Teddy Bridgewater has done a really good job. I don't think that they've seen anybody quite like Mr. Mack that'll be lining up on the other side of things. He would make me scared, man, if I was if I was lining up against him. And after seeing what he did against that Tampa Bay Bucks uh, offensive line, that 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 guy would scare me to death. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And this is a tricky week for Carolina because they're coming off three straight wins after an 0-2 start. So they're kind of a hot team and and they're looking to keep the momentum going. Mike Davis is going to be looking to to keep his thing going with McCaffrey still sidelined. You know, he's limited in how long he has to show off his stuff. So he's going to keep going. But you're right. They're playing a really tough defense and a tough defensive front. So maybe Mike Davis is, is going to be in for a little bit of a letdown this week. I have a sneaky play in this game. And he's, one of, my, he's one of my sexy flexies this week. Because here's the thing that I saw last week out of that Chicago defense when they beat my Buccaneers. Is that your outside cornerbacks are excellent. Kyle Fuller and the rookie Jalen Johnson have been playing really well. They, they seem to have this little swagger, a little confidence about them. So it could give a hard time to Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore this week, which will make Teddy Bridgewater throw a couple of extra targets to Curtis Samuel from the slot. Curtis Samuel is one of my sexy flexes. He'll be matching up against Buster Screen, who's not a very good cornerback. So I think Curtis Samuel is a sneaky guy that, again, you're dealing with bye weeks, you're dealing with injuries. He's a guy that you could put in your flex and could get you double-digit points this week. Boy, we are, I don't know how we're doing this this week. See, when I saw the Bears a couple of times this year, it seems like if they, if anybody tries to get outside on them, forget about it, right? Just forget about it. I don't care if you're a wide receiver or if you're a running back. Now, I do think Robbie Anderson might have a good couple of catches in him deep because that sideline was exposed a little bit with Mike Evans last week, and Mike Evans was banged up. Uh, so I think Robbie Anderson could have a couple of good catches deep or, uh, this week. But uh, Mike Davis likes to get a lot of his shots on the outside and a lot of those dump off passes on the outside, or he likes to stretch the edge and those rushing lanes on the outside, but up the middle, that's where uh, your guy, Ronald Jones, the third had a lot of success was up the middle. And last week, whenever I saw Carolina play, they let Curtis Samuel run it up the middle and, mm-hmm. and it really wasn't Mike Davis. So I'm, I'm, I'm thinking Mike, da- uh, Curtis Samuel might be able to have a couple of handoffs straight up the gut. And I'm, I'm, Dare I say, he might be a little bit faster than RJ3? <laughs> I don't know. Ronald Jones looked good last week. He was bouncing off tackles, spinning off tackles. So I hope to see the same out of Curtis Samuel this week. He's definitely a sneaky play that I think has a lot of viability. Coaching staff wants to get him involved. They know he's a playmaker, so they're going to look to get him involved in more ways than just catching passes out of the slot. And you're right, he's been lining up in the backfield. So running up the middle against this defense might be the way he does it. Ooh, JP, how do I, we have bye weeks and yet we still got like five games to go. Through. I don't understand. <laughs> and I got a guy coming here to, to uh, we're closing on our refinance in 15 oh. minutes. So New York Jets versus the Miami Dolphins. Are you sticking with anybody for the Jets? Yeah, this will be a quick one for us since I know we're running a little long. But no, I'm not sticking with anyone from the Jets. Jamison Crowder is your PPR guy, and that's about it. Frank Gore, yeah. and if you're desperate, I still wouldn't go with. But keep an eye on LaMichael Pirine. LaMichael Pirine's a guy who you want to pick up and stash right now if you didn't already this week when waivers ran. If he's still sitting out there, grab and stash him because he's a guy that they're going to get involved more. 
and Jeff Smith as well if we don't have any of those other wide receivers coming back. But Denzel Mims, if Denzel Mims is out there on your waiver wire, you may want to go out there and get him. If he's still available, you might be able to slide him into an IR spot until he comes back and he's healthy. But I know he's starting to look like he's practicing nowadays, so he might be something somebody that you want. The Miami Dolphins performed really, really well last week against the San Francisco 49ers. I don't know if Fitzmagic has two weeks in a row, though, for him. Yeah, I don't know that he does either, but I think if if he ever will do it, it would be against this Jets. And you can't even call it a revenge game. The guys played on like 12 different teams, so you can't even go with the revenge narrative. But against this Jets team, of course he can go off against the Jets. And the guy who actually is my second sexy flexi is Miles Gaskin. And I never would have thought that I would tell you in week six that you'd be starting Miles Gaskin in your running back spot. Not even in your flex. He's a solid RB2 this week against the Jets. I mean, he's going to have the game script in his favor. The Dolphins are nine and a half point favorites. So they're going to be able to run the football. They're going to be ahead. So Gaskin's going to be getting a lot of opportunity. He's catching passes and he's running the ball. Check out this fun fact, and I put it in my Rasball article. The Jets are allowing nearly 130 rushing yards per game, and they've let nine running backs score double-digit fantasy points. We've played five weeks, Wes. We've played five weeks. They've let nine running backs score double-digit fantasy points. So Miles Gaskin's a lock and load this week for me. What do you think? Oh, I agree with you. I look at him. I'm trying to make a move for him in another league as well. Uh, Miles Gaskins right now. And I'm hoping that the person is hitting the panic button on the Le'Veon Bell news. And even if I just get him for one week, I think I will be happy and it will pay off for a victory because fantasy victories are hard to come by. And hey, Preston Williams is another guy. If somebody did hit that panic button and drop Preston Williams... He he looked good last week, a little bit better than he has in the past. I don't know that you can trust anybody that Fitzpatrick is going to throw it to anymore just because he seems to take turns with all those people. But if Preston Williams is out there and you need people to fill in for a bye week, he can might be one of those good fill-in players. All right, Green Bay Packers versus the Buccaneers, JB. Uh, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers is going to try to take his turn to defeat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this week. Uh, who do you like here? Do you like Aaron Rodgers? Do you like Aaron Jones? Do you like Devontae Adams? Are you going and sticking with Atonian this week? Ah, man, that's a, that's a tricky question because I, I don't think that – I think this is going to be a Tanyan letdown. I think everyone who went and ran and grabbed Tanyan and waited out the bye week and can't wait to get him in their lineup this week is going to get disappointed because it's Levante David and it's Devin White. And I told you, those two linebackers from the Bucks. not only are they ball hawks and they're everywhere on the field, but they're fast. They're fast and they can cover. So I think that they'll be covering Tanyan for the most part. And I, I think that's going to give him a hard time, and he's not going to be as valuable. And obviously, you got Devontae Adams back this week, too. So all those targets that Aaron Rodgers was looking Tanyan's way, was a lot of that was because he didn't have Devontae Adams, his number one receiver. Sure, and he doesn't really – it doesn't seem like he looks for MVS anymore. I just I, <laughs> Everybody comes in and out of favor with Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> it's funny to watch him. I do want to mention that Aaron Jones is a guy who obviously he's a guy who's starting in your regular lineups, but people are going to be afraid by him because the Bucks have a really good run defense and they've proven to be tough against the run, but they did lose Vita Vea this week and he went down to season ending injury. So they're going to be a little bit weaker up the middle. So Aaron Jones can be a little bit more attractive than people think he will be this week. 
I would say I would agree with you, and that's some. But but he's he's really the high price this week. I don't know if I can go with him with as high of a price that he is, especially with Devontae Adams coming back. They're going to pepper that guy left and right this week, I think. And uh, even though even though Tampa Bay does have a good strong defense, all right, other side of the ball. Tom Brady does really, really well this year. He's he's putting up some good fantasy numbers for us, even though maybe it's not being completely reflected in all the people that he's getting the numbers with. Yeah, and Mike Evans is not getting the yardage, but he's getting the touchdown. We saw it again last week. You know, when they get in tight, it's him, and, and Brady knows how to find that tight window. Evans knows how to get that little bit of space. So those two are going to connect a lot in the red zone. So we're going to continue to see that. Um, Godwin is still questionable. Don't know if we're going to see him yet. We saw a little flash from Tyler Johnson out of the slot. I think that even when Godwin comes back, they'll use him on the outside a little bit to continue to grow the rookie Tyler Johnson. So I think Johnson and Miller are kind of going to split snaps when Godwin does come back. Honestly, this week, I mean, the the Brait Gronkowski thing, you don't know what you're going to get. You saw a little connection with Brait last week. So if you're desperate, you could start Brait. But honestly, right now on this on this offense this week, I'm sticking with Brady. I'm sticking with Evans. I'm going to stick with Ronald Jones, even with Fournette back. Ronald Jones has proven that he can carry the load right now until he messes it up. So I'll stick with those three right now, and I'll wait on the rest. Okay, I think that's good advice. Los Angeles Rams at the 49ers. I don't know that we can play any Los Angeles Rams backfield members with confidence, even though Henderson was the guy last week. I I, I think I can't remember. My week confused now with the Rams running backs, but <laughs> because they're they're all just they, they take turns and you got all the names. They all look the same nowadays. But Daryl Henderson, I think, had the big breakout. I think you could play Jared Goff, especially in bye weeks. I, and and I don't know if it's a Cooper Cup week or a Robert Woods week, and I don't know if it's a Tyler Higby week or Gerald Everett week. I can't play these guys in DFS. If it's season long, I'm throwing them in there and I'm just hoping for the best. Yeah, and the San Francisco defense isn't the same San Francisco defense. We saw that when Ryan Fitzpatrick tore him apart. So definitely going to stick with Jared Goff. I'm going to stick with Woods and Cup. I like both of them. Verrett might shadow Woods, but that doesn't really scare me. I'm still going to stick with both of those receivers. You're right. I'm repelled by the tight ends. I was repelled by Higby. I was not a Higby truther. I was a guy who thought that Everett would cut into that that workload, and and we are seeing that. So I am going to stick with the two receivers. I'm going to stick with the quarterback. Henderson, I'm not so sure. i got to stick with him, but I think Cam Akers is coming. So Akers' time is coming. He's healthy now. You saw him more involved this week. So you might start to see the changing of the guard soon. Over on the San Francisco side of the field, this could be a get-right game if it wasn't against the Los Angeles Rams defense because the Los Angeles Rams defense is very tough, very stout, and I would be scared if I was Jimmy Garoppolo with that bum ankle right now. They all look healthy as far as the injury report goes. I, I think you got to start a Raheem Mostart. you got to start a George Kittle, but outside of that, I'm not sure that I'm very confident in sticking with any of these guys. Yeah, you know what? I want to see it first because we haven't seen healthy Jimmy with healthy Debo with the rookie Ayuk out there yet to get that passing game going. So you're right. I'm going to stick with Mostert and I'm going to stick with Kittle, but I'm going to wait on Jimmy. I'm going to wait on Debo. I'm going to wait on Ayuk. I still think that there is a lot of upside for Debo and Ayuk, but I'm going to wait to see a healthy Jimmy before I go out and put him in my lineups. Yeah, and of course, bye weeks, you got to throw those people in there if you want to. Kansas City Chiefs against the Buffalo Bills. Once again, the Buffalo Bills, now they got a little more of an advantage over the Tennessee Titans because they have that extra day of rest because this is going to go on Monday night here. And Kansas City Chiefs, they they got beat up against the Las Vegas Raiders. That looks like the Buffalo Bills can really exploit that deep pass 
last week. And, and your guy, John Frisella, talked about that. I think from the opposite side, though, last week with the Raiders. He, he But he did. He got a couple of good calls on those Raiders wide receivers last week. I think we could see the Buffalo Bills and Stephon Diggs take advantage of that again. Yeah, Diggs looked good. Another another game over 100 yards last week. Allen and he seemed to be really connecting. And you're right, this Kansas City defense showed vulnerable on the deep ball. So I could see Diggs going off again. Obviously, Kansas City wants to get right after that let that, that huge letdown last week. But I don't know that this is a spot that they'll be able to. Buffalo's going to want to bounce back after their disappointing performance. So this will be a, a really interesting one to watch. Both teams coming down, coming back off of a letdown performance. Which one's going to kick it into gear? I don't know, but they need another wide receiver to step up. And right now it's not John Brown. I don't know if that's an injury thing. But maybe Gabriel Davis finds his deep shot against this Kansas City Chiefs defense as well. For the Kansas City Chiefs, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, I think you got to stick with him. you got to stick with Mahomes. you got to stick with Tyreek Hill. you got to stick with Travis Kelsey. But is anybody going to be taking Sammy, Wat- uh, Sammy Watkins' place definitively? Mecole Hardman. It's got to be Mecole Hardman, and I'm excited for these next few weeks so that we can actually finally get the answer, is Mecole Hardman a thing? Because we'll find out. When, when there was an injury to Tyree Kill, that's when he stepped up and kind of played that, that handcuff wide receiver role. So now let's see, with Sammy Watkins out, can he step up? Uh, I'm really interested to see it. It might be a, a little bit of a tougher matchup if Tredavious White is back this week and he sees him from the outside. And, and as long as Josh Norman doesn't try to tackle him like Derrick Henry, he'll still be a tough coverage matchup. So it might be tricky this week, but I am interested to see how involved he is in the offense. I could see that, but here's here's what always happens. Whenever one of those guys goes down, it's either Tyreek or Sammy Watkins. Seems like Demarcus Robinson is a guy who steps up and ends up catching a touchdown. So I'm just gonna I'm gonna put that out there once again. If you need a little bottom of the barrel action, as I always see that from Detroit Bestie. I don't know if he gets mad at me about doing that or not, <laughs> Chris Robin. Uh, but but he has a wonderful article that he has during the week. You can follow him at Detroit Beastie on on Twitter, Chris Robin, and he has a wonderful article and and that bottom of the barrel thing. I don't think Demarcus Robinson made that this week, but I'm making it one. Boom. There you go, Chris. Put him in there. No, don't put him in there. He's going he's gonna to sue me for plagiarism or something. Last game, we got Arizona Cardinals versus the Dallas Cowboys. Arizona, of course, is that team that you got to play Kyler Murray, who's just stepping up to the plate this year and doing a little bit of everything. Kenyon Drake, Chase Edmonds. It looks like it's Chase Edmonds' backfield, my friend. I don't know if Kenyon Drake is milking some kind of injury or not, but I'm not confident in playing him yet. I am, I am sticking with Chase Ed- Edmonds more than I am with Kenyon Drake. So Drake's still getting the carries, so you can't okay. really. I, I know, I know. I I want I want the reins to be handed over because it's it's so uh, tricky for us to figure out what it's going to be every week. But as long as they're going to keep making Kenyon Drake the the lead receiver who gets the ball on, on from the run. Look, it's Edmonds on the pass. It's definitely Edmonds in the pass. He's taken over as that pass catching back. But as long as Drake is the primary quote unquote back, then you know he's got to be a guy that that. You, you can't really completely give it over to Edmonds yet. I, I'm not confident starting either one of them, but if you have Drake on your team, especially with all these buys, you got to start him and hope for the best. You really do. Maybe he'll find his way into the end zone. And I think you could now start, of course, DeAndre Hopkins at wide receiver every every single week. But Christian Kirk is turning into a good little wide receiver three or a flex spot for uh, fantasy players now. We just talked about that last week, too. When we when we talked mm-hmm. about the Cardinals last week, we said they got to get Christian Kirk involved. You know, they're force-feeding the ball to Hopkins, and, and, and it's messing with Murray, and they really need to get Kirk going to get Murray going, and they started to do that last week. So you're right. 
Christian Kirk's a guy who I like in that third wide receiver or flex spot, and I think he has a good game against this Dallas secondary. And the unfortunate injury happened to Dak Prescott, of course, last Sunday. Everybody saw that gruesome injury. And Andy Dalton's going to step in. And, man, I like the way Andy Dalton threw the ball at the end of the game. He, Andy Dalton has never been scared to throw the football. And he <laughs> likes to throw the football long. I almost see your Gallup prediction coming a little bit more true now so than when Dak Prescott was the quarterback because Dak always likes to throw it in that intermediate range. Listen, man, listen. The Red Rifle is not scared to launch them, okay? And and that yep. falls right into Gallup's repertoire. And we saw that at the end of the game. He hit Gallup on a couple of big plays to get them going, to get the game uh, in their favor. And, and look, a lot of people went out and, and spent the fab on Dalton because he's coming into a high-octane offense. He's a guy who's proven to be a serviceable quarterback, even better at some points in his career. So you hope to recapture that here. And, and look, this is awesome. We get a second Monday night game again this week, mm-hmm. and and the Red Rifles coming in slinging on a Monday night primetime game with taking over the Dallas Cowboys team. So I, I look to see a lot of fireworks in this game, too. I hope that both teams can keep the pace going and, and keep the score up because then we can get a lot of fantasy goodness from all these guys, from Dalton, from Elliott, from Cooper, from Gallup, from Lamb, even Dalton Schultz. I mean, we can get all of those guys involved and then have Kyler Murray and Hopkins and Kirk on the other end. So and this could be a good end of the week for all of our fantasy, all of us fantasy players, because we could be waiting on on this Monday night miracle. And we got a lot of yummy fantasy players here in this Monday night game that could win us a week at the last minute. Yeah, we do, and unfortunately, I'm stuck with the Arizona Cardinal defense, so I, I think <laughs> I could be in for an upset stomach by the end of the day, but I'm not scared to start any of these Dallas Cowboys, and I don't care that Andy Dalton is the quarterback. I know it might be a holding pattern, and we might have to wait and see on that, and I might regret saying those words, but I'm not scared about this one bit. Andy Dalton has a lot of experience. We've seen a lot of quarterbacks come in the league uh, who are backups. They were starters at one point and performed pretty well in their chance to shine again. JB, we hurried up through the end. I think that you can make your appointment or you know see the guy about refinancing everything. That, that sounds like a big deal, man. You got a big deal yeah, going man. on tonight. Yeah, we're actually closing on our refinance tonight. As soon as I finish this show, I'm going to go downstairs and should get this done any minute. So it's a big night, big fantasy. We had the Sexy Flexies article drop, recorded fantasy magnets, and closing on my refinance. Big day. <laughs> well, you're going to be sleeping like a baby tonight, maybe. Hey, appreciate everybody listening to the Fantasy Magnets. Thank you, FitFam, for everything that you're doing for us. Make sure you follow JB over on Twitter, at FantasyCoachJB on Twitter. You can follow me as well, at LoafingIt on Twitter. And look for those uh, look for those articles that JB drops over on Razzball all the time. We appreciate you listening. Don't forget to follow the show, at FI Today with a little underscore. Head over to Anchor FM, whatever listening platform you want to listen to the show on. You can find it there. If it happens to be on the iTunes app, go ahead and slap those stars around for us a little bit. Leave a review if you can. But more importantly than all those actions taken by you, FitFam, we want to see you go out into the world and make a positive impact in somebody's life today.